This is a Not Just A Guy production. Let me talk at ya. Welcome back in JAG Nation to a new episode of Not Just A Guy. I'm your host, Not Just A Guy, The Guy, Garibaldi's coming once again. This is the show about struggling storytellers from myself, a struggling storyteller. And I am once again joined by a guest. I, I'm hoping that this becomes a, a trend. I have made the show almost by circumstance, by happenstance. It's become uh, bi-weekly. Maybe it's because my editor's a little slow. Hey! Um, what, what the hell was that? I'm breaking... I'm bre- I broke the fourth wall. Whoa. I'm here, baby. My guest is speaking before they're introduced. What is this? <laughs> this what is this? An episode of Doughboys? What is this? An episode of Blank Check? It is not. Ooh, coming in hot, 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 hot on a humid day. You might even listen. Li- audio listeners, listen. I mean, that's kind of what you're having to do the whole time. But li- listen, can you hear it? It's the rain. It's the winds of change. And they have come to California. I'm recording this amidst hashtag Hurricane Hillary. And yes, as I was saying before, I was so really interrupted. As a, as a result of the show becoming bi-weekly, I'm hoping I can maybe wrangle more guests. I have some people on the docket. I have, I'm trying to, there's a big one I'm trying to land or just trying to see when that, I don't know, what's a, what's a good phrase, when that ship is going to come to port, I guess. But today we have a very special guest. The only other person that works on the uh, not just a guy podcast of uh, the team of two going forward i think i might have done this the Lara episode feels like it was 50 years ago i will introduce my guests i'll say their name they can say their little pleasantries and then i want my guests to kind of say who they are because they're telling their story i don't want to tell my guest story so i am so incredibly so honored to bring to njag editor extraordinaire emily cunningham emily okay uh, maybe not extraordinaire but i i, I, d- I dabble hmm. i dabble who are you hi what is tell us your story? What is your what is your story? Who are you? I've, Who is you? I it's uh yet to be determined. <laughs> no, um, it's called a promo kid. You gotta learn to cut one. I have to cut my own. I'm, this is me cutting my promo. Hello, hi, my name is Emily. I I edit. Is that your government given name? Is, that is my God given and government given name. Okay. Yes, it's on my birth certificate. Okay, I'm gonna you write that in the notes. Okay, fact check that. I I edit and I. I play games and I watch movies and I hang out with with you, lovely lovely guy. You're my guy. The guy. You're the guy. More importantly, you're my guy, the guy. though. Fat and pending. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I think technically, I I think through some legal things, I technically own it since I call myself that. I think, I think so. technically, I think there's. I think once when I made my first podcast, I didn't copyright anything, and I think I learned like very basic law that said like because I was the first person to publish something with that name, I think I technically. But I own it through the public. Some it was weird. I don't know. I just didn't want to, have to pay money and buy the thing. I, yeah. Sorry for a different time. Maybe I'll buy it. Who knows? I don't know the legalities surrounding that, but I don't know. But yes, as as you just revealed, yes, you are my 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 girlfriend, <gasps> my lady, my partner. What do you prefer? I call you on this show. I, I don't. I don't. You know, I've never asked. I I'm I'm your gal pal. Gal pal. I'm your, your 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 girlfriend. The guy's girl. The guy's girl. As we learned last. The final la- girl. As we learned two weeks ago, I keep forgetting this is biweekly now, and like I said, I feel like I recorded that episode fifty years ago. <laughs> Laura is the guy's guy, so yes, you are the guy's girl. Wow. Even though Laura and I still to this day call each other our girl, but that's a separate podcast. It's a whole love triangle, really. It's like a 
Yeah, but that's, it skips that's a good way. over to me. So it's like a weird like triangle that gets cut off at one point. I have known Laura longer yeah. than I have not known him. I yeah. know almost three times that. I've almost known him for. I've almost known him for this episode. We're just gonna talk about Laura the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I have known him for. We're we're almost at eighteen years. Almost. Wow. Yeah. You know he's got he's got me beat on that because we've we've been together for three years now, yeah. but we've known each other for I've known you for four years. Right? Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow, time flies. Wow. Time flies when the world's ending. <laughs> <laughs> so, Emily. Hi. This show is about storytellers that are struggling. Are you struggling? <laughs> oh, Emily, are you struggling? Oh, boy, am I struggling. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, yeah. What What got you into the profession of editing? Or why, why are you in this industry that is awful and uh, has no job security and people think you enter it and you immediately get every job ever and you get rich what what made you want to want to be in this and you're the most pretentious person on earth oh yes yeah i love telling people oh i'm a director mm, yes i am a, a thespian i am in uh, the film industry i, I dabble with the pen now <laughs> and then <laughs> i don't know i i've always been an, an artsy kid mm -hmm. if you will i like i grew up be, like doing plays and stuff like in grade school and stuff like that so i funnily enough was initially supposed to start school to be an actor to which i realized oh wow i really don't like being in front of people all the time and it's not a great time to just dance and sing and, and act and mm -hmm. it is fun but it's as i've gotten older i realized like oh i really don't want to be in people's faces like that mm -hmm. and like knowing what like limits actors have to be pushed and it's like i don't know if i can do that i don't think i have the mental capacity for that but were you not in improv when you were in high school oh god i, w I was the only i was the i was the first freshman this goes down in in my high school history as the only freshman or oh, i was the first freshman to ever make it into my improv troupe in high school which was apparently it's never been done people till i did it so that's cool. Put that on the IMDb. Put yeah, mark that on my. Or as someone who I used to live with, uh, he called it IMBD once. It's oh. also the same man who thought Elton John's name was John Elton. That's a story for a different day. John Elton. I did like plays and musicals and stuff growing up as a kid, and then I tried to do them in high school, and it didn't really pan out. Mm -hmm. But I still wanted to do it in college mainly because I had no idea what I was going to do after high school. And then the second I decided I wanted to go to film school, my high school counselor was like, well, that's just a waste of time. And I slammed my fist mm. on the desk dramatically. And I said, I'll show you. You're a waste of time. And now I'm in crippling debt. So. <laughs> yeah. Ain't that the but yeah, kicking I, the I went through like two different changes of like quote unquote majors before mm. I ultimately became an editor because mm -hmm. I went in for acting, realized I didn't want to act, thought I could be a writer, don't have an original thought to save my life. And then one of the like, uh, I guess like the 101s or like the um, base classes you, you have to take from when we were in college was editing. Everybody has to take an editing class. And I took it and it was really, really fun. And it reminded me of being a little kid again because I also as a little kid would play like cd-rom games and it for whatever reason reminded me of like playing video games mm -hmm. i had like this weird like existential moment of like is this what i want to do like can i see myself sitting in a chair in front of i'm the i'm the guy mm -hmm. in the chair <laughs> for the rest of my life and it was it was then in after like my i want to say my second class 
And then my teacher, shout out to Lauren, gave me a very awesome vote of confidence of she told me her story of why she became an editor because she was supposed to be a brain surgeon, mm-hmm. a brain yeah. surgeon, and then went, nah, I'm gonna go to film school and be an editor instead. And now she does all these like cool French films with her mm. with her French boyfriend. It's a great yeah, time. Yeah. So yeah, I just let it just boils down to I just wanted to be a hermit who doesn't want to talk to people. <laughs> What what do you think it takes for someone to be a, a at the very least, a good editor? Do you think it's like, because you mentioned it, it reminds you of playing like video games. Do you think it's a rhythmic thing? Or you, then you mentioned, you know, the brain surgeon, is it a, a fine tuning? Is it a, a surgical, you know, almost like precision, precise? Uh, what what do you, Obviously, there's not one way to do it. But what is in your worldview? What, what do you think makes a good and or great editor? I don't know, because it's there's so many different ways of of cutting and doing things Mm. and it also depends on like who your director is who is you know producing and like i feel like it's generally a big melting pot of like whatever the style is and like whatever you're going for dependent on like the project like the basis things is just having a lot of patience Mm -hmm. and having a high caffeine tolerance Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. But, but genuinely having a lot of patience and having having an open mind. Like to me, editing is a lot of like, you are driving the car, but then other people sometimes will put their hands on the wheel. Mm. And you just kind of have to like, let it happen sometimes because you can only take something so far in what you think in your mind of how it can look like versus a director coming in, a writer coming in, mm. a producer coming in and being like, that's not what that's supposed to look like at all. And then we'll give you a bunch of notes and do all these crazy things. But it's it's having the patience of taking criticisms and notes and everything from, like that from other people. And then also having patience with yourself, having to figure things out. And it's, it's kind of in a weird way, like doing a big puzzle, right? Mm-hmm. So like you're trying to fit pieces together and make things work in ways that either people can relate it to or people can understand it or grasp something from it so it's also having like that idea in your head of like okay like how can i make this a bit more impactful or how Mm. can i make this memorable or how can i do x y and z so it's it's a lot of being open to things being patient with things and then also everything changing on a dime like there's so many things that can happen in in one like swift movement so it's i feel like as long as you have that basis i don't know like i've seen some really bad edits Mm -hmm. but i don't necessarily deem people to be bad editors it's just a bad edit yeah i don't believe in bad editors i just believe in bad editing choices something i'm curious there's a a common I don't know if you would say a phrase, but a common line of, of thinking or a um, common line of thought that a film is made three times. It's made when you write it, it's made in production, it's made in the edit. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, sometimes you have the, the boom, boom, boom of someone wrote it, someone else is directing it, and the director is working with the editor. Sometimes you have it where the director is also the writer. So that's it's okay. They wrote it. They're on the set, you know, because a lot of times, yes, the writers also pay your writers. The writer will be on set, but that's not always the case. Sometimes a lot of things don't bring the writers to set right. or the writer is just like, you know, on a phone call and on a set, you know, to, to have to try and call and wrangle somebody. It's it's not always the easiest, but um, I'm curious because even, it, even with, with the director writer kind of, you know, cutting out one middleman, but it's one person doing both, both the writing and the production. Mm-hmm. Editors are always at the end. What can you say to someone who it's their first 
kind of collaborative effort. Is there a certain level of detachment you have to have from the material because you're not, you maybe weren't there at the scripting, you weren't there on the set. You know, some editors obviously do, they'll edit on, on the set. What do you think it takes to have a good give and take with a, with a director when you're in the edit, when you're at the end of it? What do you think you need to have and what do you think you need to expect when it comes time for you to give your notes, you to take their notes and, and try and put something together? I mean, it definitely, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying before where, you know, you're driving, but then there's all these other hands on the wheel. And I mean, Mm -hmm. it is really hard. Like you hear some cases of, of like I've known editors who have no idea what they're working on. Mm -hmm. They haven't gotten a script for anything until like the last minute. And like they weren't there for the shoot process, like none of it Mm -hmm. and have come out with like great stuff and sometimes that works and it works better for like the director because it's you know it's like a fresh set of eyes Mm -hmm. so it kind of opens up like different things that you could do versus somebody who's been there like a lot of the times people like myself if i had the opportunity to there's a lot of editors who also will like double up to be on set whether it's like doing like dit work uh, or like editing Mm -hmm. while they're shooting on set or just splitting their time of being behind the computer editing and then also helping out on set when they're like not editing Mm. and are there for the whole process and sometimes like that helps the the story flow a bit better and you have different like you know avenues going that way because you've been along for the whole ride and then you know what you're working with like hands-on and you can see what everything's looking like before you even get your hands on the final footage like it's it's a whole process and it's it's a you know it's a whole thing, but like I, I, I think like as long as you have some sort of an idea or some sort of to it, like for me, I feel like it's easier to cut something that I'm passionate about. So like, because obviously, if you're just cutting something to cut something, there's not like it's like a weird emotional thing. Like mm-hmm. it's it's so weird to say that because it's like when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, you're just moving things together and putting things in a block that play together in a sequence but there's a really big component of having even the tiniest attachment to it because there's so much there's there can be so much on the line for it so like directors will make a movie that is their child Mm. that is like their whole thing that they're like yes this is my bread and butter this is it like this is my thing and editing it's kind of the same because it's like if you don't care about something you're gonna make careless cuts you're cutting just to cut you're not cutting to tell a story if that makes Mm -hmm. sense to me if if you're not putting like a little piece of yourself into the cut that like bit of passion into it it's just pointless cutting Mm -hmm. you're just editing to just edit yeah whereas like if you're telling a story because at the end of the day that's what all of everybody that you brought up directors writers producers editors the main goal is to tell a story and we all do that in a different way and it's really cool to see it go to be you know the director's story to the writer's story to the producer's story to the editor's story even though it's the same script that has probably been tweaked and thrown around and stuff but it's the same general story that's been told multiple times until it inevitably reaches the end Mm. where everybody can all kind of crowd around and go holy crap that's a story. Mm-hmm. How'd you do that? Because that's what I, it's It's really, it's a really big thing. It's super important to be into what you're working with. Would you prefer to be a part of the process before stuff gets your edit bay? Or do you prefer to just 
you're along for the ride and oh. then when they, they got stuff for you they send it to you not necessarily be involved in the creative i mean but just be like would you want to be on set would you want or would you just you don't want to be involved in the project at all until it's in your lap it would de- it depends like because i i can speak from experience and you know because you were my you were my camera guy mm-hmm. you were my, my right hand you're my assistant director everything for my really badly now defunct thesis film mm. uh, really badly shot i should say because i i will stand by this hot take editors are really challenging as directors and i say that from personal experience because at least in my head i was editing in my head as i was directing mm. and filming which in my case was catastrophic that led to i already had shot angles and different shots in my head mm. that I thought were going to work. But then like as we're shooting them and then as I got the footage, I'm like, oh God, this doesn't work. Well, I mean, but I, I, I think mean, that's any, but any, no, for, know, and I mean, not everybody can be Spielberg who just shows up no. on the set the morning of and goes, oh, I'm going to do these shots. I mean, no, everybody yeah. plans out shots that don't always work. For sure. But I, I mean, I mean that in the sense of like, I was so dead set on like how I wanted it to look. And I stuck with that because I'm like, oh, easy. I'm just going to cut this like this anyway. Mm. And that was that. And in some cases, it could be the complete opposite. I'm sure that if you have an idea of what things look like in your head and you go with it and it works, then it works. And like, Mm. that's totally fine. Do you want nothing to do with it besides knowing it's going to show up there? Or do you want to be, do you just want to have no attachment to the thing at all? Or would you want to be on set maybe you know because some directors like to have they like to cut daily like they like to have their oh, dailies yeah. cut you know like do, or you want to just wait until they they drop it off in your lap in your in your little hermit yeah cave. in my hermit cave no i mean it it would definitely depend but i mean i i personally have never been a, a dit i've never mm. been asked to edit on set it's always just been like I need an editor and here's all the stuff mm. and that's that but would you ever would you be open to di is like is that something you'd want to do i think so it just would i guess it would just depend on what it is because i would have to know whether or not to like restrain myself from like commenting and Mm -hmm. doing things but i yeah i wouldn't be opposed okay be fun time kind of going back to film school i'm uh, and i've been working on a project for months at this point related to film school obviously i mean that's where we met that's where you you know you met different people there that's where you you found your love of editing editing there on the topic of film school leaving out the yes the debt the six figure <laughs> yeah yeah we all we all know yes exactly. we don't need to go over that do you think it is worth going to film school do you think someone is listening to this and they're on the precipice you know they're on the path to I want to start I want to be some kind of storyteller I want to be I want to write for TV and you know and this I don't even think it's even just limited to film school you know this could be someone that wants to go to an art school just to learn more about painting or it could be someone who I don't know someone who's gonna who's considering signing up for wrestling school because they want to tell stories like The Rock and Stone Cold and things like that do you think as a storyteller because you are a storyteller do you think it is worth going to a trade school do you think it is worth going to film school whatever do you do you what are the the pros and cons of of each that that you see I have the age-old comment of I could have learned what I learned in four years for a butt ton of money in an hour on YouTube for free. Mm. That's that's the reality of my situation because there are people who are editors who have never even 
dropped a penny on any schooling. They got Premiere for 50 bucks and they just do things yeah. and they and and do that. I have one of my closest friends who got me my kind of like on my path of where I am right now with like trailer houses straight up never went to he went to college for 2 weeks for music, dropped out, lied on his resume that he did some crazy stuff for editing and then his first editing job was editing for um MLB mm-hmm. for doing like their little like promo things or whatever so but like has never been to a trade school learned like self-taught edit so it's like specific for editing i genuinely don't think so i've seen so many talented people even like at school who already knew how to edit because of av squad in high school or like doing classes like that in high school or like not even having anything to do with those classes in high school but like still messed around with like editing prior or just self-taught on youtube and then decided they wanted to go to school so it's i've seen crazy stuff from people who have not been quote-unquote classically trained or Mm -hmm. like school taught but there are like a couple of aspects that are nice like for instance i can tell people i'm avid certified because technically i took enough classes that where i had to use avid and it's like riding a bicycle that's on fire through nothing but thumbtacks. Like it's a mm. horrible software. Yeah, I just don't prefer it. But it's something that I can say now that yeah. I'm AVID certified. And to do those certification classes outside of like schooling like that are expensive yeah. and time consuming. In the grand scheme of filmmaking, again, really depends. Because it's if you're a director or a writer or something like that, like you said it yourself, you were a good writer beforehand. Like you mm. didn't have to go to film school to be like, let me write this really good script now because I didn't know how to do it. Pro- like if if it's something like that, you could. And then also like the the like the the biggest thing, especially for filmmaking, is you go to film school to make connections and mm-hmm. do your networking. And of course, like you're there to learn. You're meeting people who essentially could be your crew one day. Directors find their editors and like all of the, you know, your gaffers, your grips, your, your you know, fill in the blanks. Like you go there to pick your crew. Yeah. That didn't necessarily happen for me. It is what it is. Like mm. I, I know plenty of people who we went to school with who are on sets with one another mm. constantly. Yeah. So it's, you go to pick, pick up your crew, but it's like, if you're doing something as technical as like producing, that has a lot of paperwork mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of like legal things that of course you need to know that like, you can't be a self-taught producer yeah no that's just you have not to have how the that connections works. yeah so. like that's just not how that works yeah. like in the grand scheme of life i would say it's definitely a helpful tool it's just one of those things where it's like you really have to consider like is this going to be worth putting four years of my four plus depending on what you're doing yeah is this like a good way to spend my time this is a good way to spend my money do i think it's going to pay off in the end because at this point i don't know so much about you but i grew up with the ideology of well you're you should go to college because you're going to get farther in life having a degree and mm. doing xyz is going to be better for you in the long run where our situation's a bit like more tweaked now in life so that doesn't necessarily get you that golden ticket yeah. of like an express way but it just it just depends on what you're actively seeking i would say like what you're i i I think it's really important to ask yourself the question of like what am i looking to gain and what am i looking to do with this time that i have that i'm willing to spend either on schooling or doing something that i can 
comfortably sit with myself and be like, I'm cool with doing this for the rest of my life or however long I want to do it for. Hmm. And I and I would say, obviously, you know, in our particular case, you know, the degrees don't necessarily, not they don't have worth, but you have to remember that film film as a, a an industry, as a profession is still, compared to being like a doctor, yeah. it's still relatively quote unquote new, even though film has been around for over a hundred years. Yeah. It's still relatively new. And in, in my research for the other project I'm working on, you know, film schools, they are also relatively new. And because they were, you know, because film is having such a rapid rise, the schools were rising at a slower pace at the same time so also it was like there was no pool to pull from of people with degrees and then once people had degrees it was like okay well we already have this industry that's flourishing and we already have this ecosystem so it's like still i still think there's a lot of growing pains but also as much as i love having my degree i think i knew at a certain point i wasn't gonna walk in and like a studio was gonna be like oh well here's your million dollar project that's just not how it works (laughs) there he is there's the degree guy. I could have I could have gotten that degree without making a single real thing. You know, I mean, yes, I I was forced yeah. uh, not forced, but I had to make things. I'll be honest, and it's the biggest regret I have in film school is that I didn't make enough. I should have made enough when I had all those resources. Now, because now I kind of have Jack Diddley squat, and even even to go off of, of what you were saying with building a crew. I mean, at this point, I have an editor. I've been honest about this. I used to have two editors. Uh, now I only have one. Like I had two really good editors. There was you and then you know the other editor. See no point in saying the name. If people know me, they know. You know yeah. it's, it's not a big deal. It is what it I is. I don't mean it with any ill will or ill intention. It's just I yeah. you know I have actors that I know, but they're they're either booked and busy or life is keeping them busy. Right. And you know, and thankfully, thank the good lord that you know johnny rome has offered to be a producer on stuff because i'll be honest if they if they weren't i don't know if this project i'm working on would even be able to happen because i hate the paperwork like that's one of the reasons why i didn't make a a real thesis is because i didn't have producers and me trying to do the producing on my thing while i'm also trying to do the creative is awful i wanted to rip my hair out because i hate paperwork i'm not in it for the paperwork i don't want to be the person locking in locations i don't want to be the person doing permits i realize as as an independent filmmaker i need to step up to the plate and do that but also doing that too much of that pulls me away from the creative and when i get pulled away from the creative then i i start to care less and i start to it starts to be treated uh, it becomes a chore and that's why that one eventually you know kind of fell apart well you were also spread thin in multiple ways because you were also acting Mm. in it you wrote it and then also on top of those you were simultaneously directing and yeah you know producing so it's a yeah. lot you know and in this upcoming project which i'm i'm hoping i can start giving more de- i mean i've mentioned i'm working on an audio drama but i'm hoping with uh, with johnny on board you know i will still have to do a lot of producing right. on that but also one it's a lot easier because we don't have to worry about locations we don't have to worry about permits i right. don't need a permit to record audio in my, in my room or to go to someone's house and record in their living room i think wearing so many hats is yeah it, it's definitely not for the faint of heart you know, we're, 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 we're about 40 minutes in. We're probably going to wind down. You know, we're keeping these <gasps> things to an hour. But what that means is as we wind down, oh, no. you are not just a guest, you're the guest. But the <gasps> thing about the guests is they are asked the cues. The, not just any questions, the questions. I get more questions? Yes, you get six that I came up with before this very. See, I go into these things. Wow. Much like my own episodes. 
I don't have any idea what I'm going to talk about. I just pull stuff out of my butt. But I do have six questions that I come up with before the conversation. Some of these may have already been gone over. I came up with these, let's see, on the, the 18th to, to oh, date wow. that segment. So wow. uh, let's see. It's so like Christmas. are you ready? I have to ask you that first. Wait. Okay, now I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Question one. What was the best thing you learned from your most frustrating edit? You I found le- the good Lord? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I found God. Uh, no, I learned that computer equipment is very expensive. Oh. So the first thing I learned is not to be destructive because uh, mm. as frustrating as things can be, stuff is expensive. No, really, though, probably just learning to find your way out of the box, the mimes box. Mm-hmm. You know, mimes, they do the little yeah. thing and they're, oh, I'm trapped in a box, whatever. Editors have that. It's, yeah, editors have that. It's a lot of trying to make something work so for i don't know if i said this i so i'm in trailers mm. you yeah i should have i was not i don't know if I was, you didn't tell that part of your story yet, i did so. not because it's <laughs> that's, I don't that's know. on me i do just for reference uh whenever you're watching a youtube video and that annoying movie trailer for something that's whatever like whatever is coming out that plays for like two minutes and you're like oh i can't wait to skip this and then the five seconds that you can I'm so sorry about that. Hmm. That's what I do. I apologize in advance. Being in that, you kind of have to like fit a tiny amount of crazy information mm-hmm. within like a minute, yeah. 30 seconds. And it goes smaller and smaller and smaller. So it's constantly trying to find your way out of that box to make things work. I have, it's a very small group, but I have like two other coworkers. And sometimes like if I can't get something to work, it's, you know, leaning heavily on like my coworkers or like the editors that we work with they also it's it's a lot of trying to figure out a way out of the box and also like you know lean on your fellow brother and sister and and people and mm. you know people it's people aren't scary and we're all trying to do the same thing at the end of the day and every brain is different and everybody has different versions of creativity in their head so it doesn't hurt to ask for new pair of eyes it, it's learning to to not make yourself in a job that is made to be so quote-unquote lonely mm. and a job to be so like one person to be bigger than mm. that and it's just not being afraid to step outside your your comfort zone and not being afraid to step outside your boundaries and 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 leaning on your editorial peoples do you see yourself Doing work in a department that isn't editing. You no. touched upon this a little earlier. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, these questions can be as much or as little as you want. So, okay. We'll, we'll move right along. No. You kind of talked about this earlier. Yeah. Okay. Did you learn anything you still hold with you from the unreleased project you directed? Oh, God. Maybe. I think so. I learned that I am not a good director. Okay, relax. <laughs> well, it's, it's just not a strong suit of mine. Like, mm-hmm. I... I'm perfectly fine with that. I know that I'm not gonna Greta Gerwig my way into something, so it's like, I've I've just realized that it's not for me. Okay. Is there another medium you'd like to dip your toes into? What skills do you think from editing would transfer over? Like in like in general, or like what? Do you, you know, would you want to paint, or like, oh. or or like, or I mean, like, there's multiple media. Like, or do you want to write poems, or like? <laughs> Do you, you want to paint? <laughs> I don't, I, whatever it is. Do you want to sing? Do you want to? I don't know. I craft I, music. I had a weird thing in my head the other day of like, it would be cool to do because I I was in college and I did a musical, hmm. 
and that was fun or not in college in high school excuse me that wasn't a part of my high school mm -hmm. and it was like something that i like revisited being with like a theater group and that was really fun and like sometimes i i think about her sometimes <laughs> but i like every now and again i'm like man that would be kind of fun but then i forget like it's one of those things where it's like if you've ever been in a musical slash play you know that when you're in it it is hell mm. like it is insanely like you're trying to remember stuff and you're trying to remember lines and 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 dance numbers and then lyrics to a song and then you're trying to remember all the things that you do during both your lines and doing songs so it's absolutely terrible while you're going through it and then the second it's over you're like man i can't wait for the next one like it's it's kind of like it's always been a weird way to relate it to but it's and i couldn't do this until now but it's kind of like getting tattoos. In the mm. moment, you're like, why am I doing this? Oh, no, it hurts. Like, this is not fun. And then you're like, wow, it's so pretty. It's so cool. I'm doing it again. Mm. So it's I, like, that's something that I think would be cool. I don't think that has any relation to like editing. Mm. <laughs> I, if anything, it's probably just like creative fuel. Mm -hmm. But I don't think sitting at a computer for like 14 plus hours doing crazy stuff would help with that. Mm. But eh, something like that or like, I don't know. I do want to, I want to get back into, into streaming. I used to stream a lot more and I've kind of stopped on that mainly because it's nobody's fault but Frontiers. So mm. <laughs> have better internet. But I mean, obviously that, I can kind of mess around with that a bit easier knowing like the literal technical aspects of it. I'm not going to go out of my way to edit like a four plus hour mm. VOD, like, yeah, stuff like that, maybe. Okay. Yeah. What is your relationship with professional wrestling? Oh boy, oh boy. I was hoping I was gonna get a wrestling question. <laughs> I, so fun fact, when Garrett and I first started dating, I would make fun of him so much because I'm like, oh, it's a bunch of dudes in tights and, and, and speedos running around and they're slapping each other and it's all fake. It's all, it's not real, blah, 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 blah. And I, I thought it was like the corniest stuff. And then I think it was, I, I don't know if it was before we had moved in together. I'm pretty sure there might have been like one or two things that were on. Yeah, you, you'd seen them before. But. I think, yeah. I just I can't remember off the top of my head it was like the first thing. But like, saying I watched it, like, because I, precursor, I have never sat and like watched anything. I've only ever like gotten like the general like conception of like, people who talk about it mm. but when you sit down and you watch it it is brutal mm. like that is very real stuff and now being where i am owning not one but two pieces of merch <laughs> both of which are orange Cassidy. now you own three I'm, oh no that's right i own three my, my adam cole bebe and my, my dr Britt baker dmd and i did the finger motion <laughs> merch the, like it's very real and it's super cool and it's that is very story driven mm. i was not expecting like that is some like like the way that like moms get into like real housewives of fill in the blank county like that is some genuinely deep well i story. wouldn't relate it to that story. well i'm saying like it's the like, way it's they like get a into soap it. opera yeah like the it's way they get opera. into it though is i'm saying it's like there's drama well it's a soap opera that's what yeah. it is it's it's and then they, they fight like yeah. it's crazy it's some of those matches anytime that anybody is like wrestling so fake and they're not doing anything da, 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 i'm gonna show them what's his face stepping on thumbtacks and st like 
like taking thumbtacks to the face. Oh, everybody takes thumbtacks. Are you like, talking about John Moxley? Is that yeah. You? Okay. Sorry. I I know who these people are. I just don't remember names hmm. very well. It's brutal. But I, I love it. Like, if it's on, hmm. I won't go out of my way to be like, it's Wednesday. We got to go. It's hmm. Wednesday night. Light the fuse. It's dynamite. But if it's on, I will sit there happily and, and wiggle my little feet off the couch watching watching brochachos fight each other. <laughs> so... I, it's it's a good time. I I enjoy it. So, you know, actually, since this is coming out on Tuesday, Bubba, who do you think is going to win the main event of All In? Adam Cole, Bay Bay, or the reigning AEW World Champion MJF? No, no. You mean fake Tan Man? No, 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 no. Adam Cole, Bay Bay, all the way. But Bubba, they're friends. They're brochachos. I know. Yeah. They're they're brosifs. Do you think they're going to win the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships on the Zero Hour Show? I think so. Okay. I think if. Because if I know, so you think how, they're gonna walk into the main? You're you're putting your money on they're gonna walk into the main event, Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. I'm I'm knowing how sneaky MJF is. I know that he's probably gonna pull pull something out of his sleeve, mm-hmm. and Adam Cole Bebe gonna be really upset about it. But they're gonna win anyway. And he's like, he's like, I didn't want to win this way, bro, Chacho. Why'd you do this to me? And you think in the main event, Adam Cole is going to win? Is what you're saying? I think so. Okay. I believe in him. He's we'll come back in next time. He's come back from way worse. Okay. He can do it. We'll see what happens. Finally, this one you're gonna have to do. A, this one's a little more interactive. Uh, you might have to take notes. I, I didn't prepare you a pen and paper. I didn't have. Yeah, I don't have a notebook. You're going to power rank. Okay. I'm gonna list off. I have eight things here. Right. No, seven things here, and you're going to power rank them. Are you ready? Yes. T-Rex, Triceratops, Stegosaurus, Velociraptor, Brontosaurus. Pterodactyl, Ankylosaurus, Spinosaurus. Why would you do this to me? What? You're going to power rank dinosaurs. Why would you do this to me? Because this is this is not just a question. It's the question. How come? Oh, so you, okay. You can start from the bottom. You can start from the top. Uh, however you want to However you want to go. Lara gets his Mount Rushmore of wrestling and I get my Mount Rushmore of dinosaurs. Well, but there's, there's more. He had a, uh, he only had four. I mean, you have to oh, power that's rank right. them. I have to, okay. You have eight. Sorry. Is it? Okay. Obviously, Triceratops is first. That's my favorite dinosaur. Okay. It's so fun. It's three pronged. Okay. It's a good day. They're very strong, by the way. People, they, I don't know what this whole conception is, is that they're like the mother, quote unquote, nurturing dinosaur. Mm-hmm. They're, they're strong. Okay. So Triceratops, number one. Uh, following after that is Velociraptors. Okay. Because if Jurassic Park has shown us anything. Those guys are ruthless. Okay. Obviously, I know people are going to say, but what about the T-Rex? It's fine. T-Rex is third. Okay. Because of the fact that they're they're third because they're massive and they're scary, but the tiny arms kind of give it away. Okay. Number four. Four would definitely be... What What are my, what are my options again? Let's There's see. so many. So, I, I wanted to get all the heavy hitters, you know, the big ones and, th- you know, a couple other so ones what, that yeah. people know. So What's left? So what's left is Stegosaurus, Brontosaurus, Pterodactyl, Ankylosaurus, Spinosaurus. I'd probably do, bro- did you say Brachiosaurus? Was one of them? Uh, Brontosaurus. Brontosaurus. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I'll do her. Okay. You're halfway there. We'll go Stegosaurus. Okay. Steg. they're fun. Okay. They're fun little, little boys. Pterodactyl, Ankylosaurus, Spinosaurus. You know, I'm going to do, I'm going to swap, I'm going to make it easy and I'm going to sum it up. Swap. Pterodactyl, Ankylosaurus, Spinosaurus. Yes. 
Swap Spinosaurus and Pterodactyl, uh-huh. and that's it. Okay, Spine on the Pine, uh, old, old Arn Anderson, Pterodactyl, Ankly. Okay, so before you lock it in, I'm going to read you your list from top to bottom. Triceratops, Velociraptor, T-Rex, Brontosaurus, Stegosaurus, Spinosaurus, Pterodactyl, Ankylosaurus. Pterodactyl last. Okay, you want Ankylosaurus? Ankylosaurus was cool where it was at. Just swap Spinosaurus from being last. Spinosaurus, wait, Spinosaurus is is sixth. So you want want Pterodactyl dead last. Yes. Okay, and so then Ankylosaurus is seven. Okay. Mainly because, A, they're terrifying to look at. Like, they're not even a fun thing to look at. And B... Who, why, why is there a P? Why is there a P? <laughs> the pterodactyl. Why? It's pterodactyl. Just drop the P. We don't need it drop in there. Drop the P. It's drop cleaner. The P. It, well, it's just, a, it never made sense to me. It's like, I don't, the English language is so weird. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Well, okay. That was, that was your final question. <gasps> I did it. You are not just a girl. You're the girl. You, yes. sur- you survived. You have made it to the end. I'm, you. I'm the final girl. You. You did it. You did it. Do I get a prize or something? No. Oh. But hey, you get to be in the pantheon of people on NJAG. Yeah. See, on my other podcast, I used to have like a full thing where like when they made it to the end of the episode, I would say, and you are this now, even though I only had like the same two guests and then you, but you, you did it. You have etched another chapter in your story. Wow. And hey, maybe we'll catch up with you in the near future and we'll see how where your story's gone from here. Who knows? I'll, I'll be just as tired and just as worried about work. Hopefully there won't be a hurricane. Hopefully there won't be a hurricane and hopefully there won't be any strikes where everybody gets paid what they deserve. Yeah, pay, pay get, your writers, yeah, pay, pay your, your writers, pay your writers, pay your actors, please. Pay your people, man. Yeah. Treat them right. Not very uh, inspiring to want to work in this industry. Uh, no, I already knew I wasn't going to make money. Uh, but not really. Not, yeah, I'm not in this for money, but I also like to be able to make a living, like a roof over my head and food on my table. Pay your people, man. They work hard. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of NJAG. Have fun cutting this one. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that'll do it. Thank you again, Emily, for being not just a guest, the guest. I have social media. There's there's a not just a guy Instagram page, uh, not just a guy prod, P-R-O-D. The Instagram and the TikTok are the same thing. You got Instagram, you got TikTok. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. Listen to us on all your podcatchers. Please like, rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. I have been your host, not just a guy, the guy, Gary Prionis, and I'll see you all next time. You really got it. Can you do, redo the end, please? No. That is so... That made no sense. Just do your plugs really quick. Just cut me saying not just it, guys. Uh, it's so much cutting. <laughs> <laughs>